0: Welcome to episode thirty-one of the Pharmatech Podcast. I'm Kristen Harm, associate editor of Pharmatech Magazine, and our podcast host. Pharmatech Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. Today, Lisa Henderson, our editorial director, is interviewing Bill Newell, the CEO from Sutro Biopharma. Lisa, what about Bill's background prompted this interview?
1: So, Kristen, Bill is a fourth-generation Californian, born and raised in Sacramento's Barb country, which gives him some unique perspectives right there. But he actually started his career in law, and after a number of successful years, he wanted to take his skills, use his skills for something that could change people's lives, and he moved over to biotech. So, I think you're really going to enjoy his story.
0: Oh, that's great, Lisa. He sounds really interesting. So, we'll get to that interview right after this quick break. Have you ever wanted to submit an article to FarmExec? FarmExec publishes articles about strategy and tactics in the areas of enterprise management, product development and management, global marketing and advertising, regulatory affairs, sales management, customer communication tools, business, legal, and financial issues, trends, and the industry's relation with the healthcare delivery system. We're especially eager to publish articles that document proven innovation with specific reference to pharmaceutical companies and products. Some of our most successful contributed pieces have been based on original research conducted by companies. And, of course, we're always looking for analyses of trends and issues in pharma. So if you're interested in submitting an article, visit pharmaevec.com today.
1: So we're back with Bill Newell, CEO of Sutra Pharma. Thanks for joining us today, Bill.
2: Thanks, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So I wondered if you could describe your path from law to biotech for our audience.
2: I'd be delighted to. It's probably not a typical path that many people take. Uh, When I was in college, science was kind of slow and clunky, and as a consequence, I took the bare minimum amount of scientific classes I could in college in order to graduate. And I focused on really problem solving and being able to articulate uh, ideas uh, and that became very helpful as a lawyer. After about 15 years of practicing law, I decided it was time for a career change and an opportunity presented itself in the biotech industry. And really what I felt at the time was that you can do a lot of good as a business person, particularly one with a legal background, to help the science achieve its fullest potential. So even though I wasn't scientifically trained, I knew that I could still make a contribution in the field.
1: Excellent. So you were in corporate law, correct?
2: That is correct. I did okay. securities work, mergers and acquisitions, and some licensing as well.
1: So what? that sounds helpful in in your role in, um, with Sutra, but What specific skill sets, other skill sets did you gain um, that come into play to what you're doing now?
2: I think one of the things that I learned as a lawyer was the importance of being able to bring parties together to achieve jointly more than any party could achieve by themselves. And it's that sense of collaboration and the art of achieving agreement on a deal point uh, that w- was something that I spent a lot of time uh, perfecting my skills uh, as a lawyer. And as I got into the biotech industry, I came to rapidly understand the fundamental importance of collaboration uh, in our industry. The biggest companies in our industry have a tremendous amount of talent and scientific expertise but they can only do so much. And it's the smaller companies who are taking risks and really driving with laser focus in, in very particular therapeutic areas or particular areas of biology that can really augment uh, the work that a large pharmaceutical company is capable of doing. And they have such a scope and an expanse um, and such competencies much more than a small company ever could, that really being able to bring the two together so that the best of what each can do uh, is put uh, towards a novel therapeutic, that was something that was exciting to me and, and certainly my deal-making skills um, as a lawyer play in well in that fashion. Yeah. The other thing I think that was important and critical to me was the fact that It is a long time from the idea of a therapeutic until you're able to fully realize that. It takes a lot of money, it requires a lot of skill, uh, and it requires a lot of risk-taking. And along the way, you have to find uh, many different vehicles to fund the effort. Sometimes you use seed capital, sometimes you use venture capital, sometimes you use government funding. Sometimes you're able to access the public markets and get financing uh, as a public company. Sometimes there's debt involved. So there are a whole host of financing tools that I was familiar with as a lawyer that I could then bring to bear in working in the biotech industry to ensure that we always had adequate funding because the best scientific ideas cannot be advanced without access to funding. So really those two areas, I think, were helpful to me uh, as I got into this industry and gave me a a leg up, even though I wasn't trained scientifically.
1: So that's a good segue into the next question about the science. Um, I do find that it seems that biotech and smaller biopharma and those companies, it seems the the executives work much closer with the scientists. They They're much closer to the science itself. They find it more exciting. But can you describe your relationship with science in general and then specifically how research at Sutro becomes relatable for those investors you were just speaking about?
2: Yeah, I uh, believe that when I um, am in a a science-oriented company like Sutro Biopharma, that I really need to spend a lot of time personally understand the approach that we're taking scientifically. I don't really need to understand it enough to go into the lab and do what our scientists do, uh, but I need to understand the basic thrust of the scientific research that we're doing. And I spend a lot of time partnering with our key scientists and they teach me uh, what I need to know in that regard. I find that for a person who isn't scientifically trained, thinking about science uh, as a foreign language, where you're getting to a competency level where you can talk about what you're doing. Um, Maybe you're not a native speaker, but you are able to communicate effectively about it uh, is very important. And I do that through partnering with key scientists within our organization, particularly our chief scientific officer, Trevor Hallam. Um, That's been really beneficial to me then as we go out and we talk to investors about what we're doing. Uh, The investors that we meet with, particularly now that we're a public company, uh, are a range of investors. Uh, Some of them are PhDs with a deep understanding of many of the things uh, that we're doing on a technical basis. Others of them, other investors, have a, a different perspective where they are knowledgeable but maybe not uh, as in the weeds as an investor as some of the others are. And so my job is to really articulate to both groups of investors, and there are investors, you know, uh, on the spectrum in between those two ends My job is to articulate to those investors the story in a way that is relatable at a strategic level. Um, and to be able to articulate enough of the underpinning science so that it is a credible explanation of what we're doing and why we're doing. If there is a very deep technical discussion to be had, I will oftentimes ask one of my key experts, like our chief scientific officer, to weigh in and go very specifically and very deeply into the science. But I think most investors – really want to understand the big picture scientifically, the differentiation that a company like Sutro offers, as we're the only cell-free protein synthesis company that has a GMP manufacturing facility and has three drugs in clinical development. So we need to give them the big picture view of the science, why it's important, why it's differentiated, and where we're going. And uh, I think I've been able to effectively understand that and communicate that uh, to an audience that uh, is as varied as the one that I've described.
1: Is your facility also in um, South San Francisco? The GMP facility? We have our
2: primary research facilities in South San Francisco, and our manufacturing facility uh, is in San Carlos, California.
1: Okay, cool, excellent. I understand you're a huge sports fan and have a story about keeping the San Francisco Giants in the Bay Area. Can you share that story with us?
2: Uh, Yes, I'd be delighted to do that. So before I got into this industry, uh, I was a lawyer, and I was in a law firm that was fortunate enough to represent the San Francisco Giants and had represented them since the time they moved to San Francisco from New York. Um, The owner of the team was a guy named Bob Lurie, and Bob had, for a number of years, tried to get a new home for the San Francisco Giants within San Francisco. The stadium that they were playing in, Candlestick Park, uh, was built in the uh, 50s and was really suboptimal compared to modern stadiums. And after repeated attempts to find uh, the opportunity to – um, relocate the team within the Bay Area, he decided that uh, it was time for him to end his ownership. And the team uh, was put up for sale, and to his great surprise, no one in San Francisco, uh, who wanted to keep the team in San Francisco, showed up to put an offer to purchase the team from him. And after a reasonable period of time waiting for offers to emerge, he uh, received an offer from someone who wanted to relocate the team to Tampa St. Pete. Uh, and uh, you know, after uh, a series of negotiations where I was the lead lawyer on behalf of the San Francisco Giants, we came up with an arrangement to sell the team to this person and allow them to relocate. Now, uh, in a corporate transaction, As soon as that deal is done, the the relocation could happen immediately. But because this is Major League Baseball, to relocate a franchise, you actually have to get the approval of the uh, ownership uh, of the Major League Baseball teams. And uh, at a particular meeting that we went to to seek approval, uh, it turned out that the, the Major League owners in general did not want the team to be relocated from San Francisco. Mm. At that time, a new ownership group that was based uh, in San Francisco uh, finally emerged when they came to understand that the team was uh, at jeopardy of moving. And so we pivoted uh, and started negotiating with the new ownership group that had emerged in San Francisco. And ultimately, uh, we were able to strike a deal that allowed Bob to sell the team and allowed the Giants to stay in San Francisco. Kind of an unusual um, experience for someone who's running a biotech company, but it taught me a lot of valuable lessons about the importance of really meaning what you say you want to do, uh, and but being flexible enough to understand that there are many forces at play and you really need to make the best decision you can under each circumstance. So Bob ultimately achieved the objective that he wanted, which was to sell the team and keep it in San Francisco. But it took a circuitous route by having an agreement to move the team out of San Francisco in order to unlock um, the interest that allowed the team to stay in San Francisco at the end of the day. It was a very exciting time. And um kind of a once in a lifetime experience I think.
1: Definitely. I'm sure the fans are thrilled that you were there to help that along.
2: <laughs> well and I, I I enjoy going to a baseball game as much as anybody, so it's nice that I don't have to travel to Florida yeah. to my team play. <laughs> it
0: have
2: been Definitely. my team since I was a little kid.
1: <laughs> so what other analogies around sports come to mind when running a biotech? I
2: like sports analogies uh, for a lot of reasons. And one of the ones that is my favorite is uh, I think about um, another great uh, franchise that we have here in the Bay Area, the Golden State Warriors. And they're led by a gentleman uh, who um, doesn't get his name mentioned uh, that much, but he is their general manager, Bob Myers, and Coach Steve Kerr. Uh, Both of them, I think, have a wonderful philosophy that I often think about when I think about biotech companies. Both of them uh, worked hard to assemble the most talented players that they could assemble, just as we try to assemble the most talented scientists that we can find. Um, They work hard to set a strategy, and they get input Uh, from their players. And as we set our strategy for our company, we get input from our scientific leadership as well so that we make certain that the business objectives and the science objectives are in harmony. And then probably the, the most important part of this analogy is that they let those players get out and play the game at the highest level because they are trained to do that, they are skilled to do that, and you don't wanna micromanage them. And I think for a biotech company, letting your scientists do what they know best and not micromanaging them, but giving them the broad framework, really and then enabling them by providing enough funding so that they can do the work that they um, are passionate about doing, at the end of the day, translates into a, a winning outcome. So for the Warriors, we've had multiple NBA championships recently under Bob Myers and Steve Kerr's leadership and here at Sutro, we now have multiple programs that are novel cancer therapeutics in the clinic uh, that uh, are the result of the scientific efforts of our team. So I think sports provides a lot of analogies that can be very useful when you think about how you wanna operate uh, within our industry.
1: That's excellent. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate you being with us today and sharing your story. So thank you.
2: Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
0: And now it's time for this week's Leadership Tips from Pharma Execs.
2: Hi, I'm Bill Newell, CEO of Sutro Biopharma. And my leadership tip is, when it's time to make a decision, it's important that As a leader, you know your own mind first. But it's equally important for you to hear from others, get different perspectives, and new input. I believe the best results come from a synthesis of different ideas and being open to changing your mind so that you achieve the best possible outcome based on the most different perspectives that give you the right decision and you can then take it and be successful. That's my leadership tip for you today.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmExec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at Farmexec.com, on Twitter at Farmexec, on Instagram at Farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email Editorial Director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mmhgroup.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mmhgroup.com.